All right, so let's get into it uh, right away. Um, there's two touchy subjects that I'm going to touch on today that I think are necessary. Um, so I'm going to start with the Boston Globe here. Um, suspect in Boston College manslaughter case told investigators she tried to stop boyfriend's suicide. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to um, give you some context after I uh, read the article. It, it'll, it'll. This article does a pretty good job, um, but then I'll try to add a little more. Okay, so here we go, Alexander. Now. These are, there are some Asian names here, okay? Okay, so I'm just, I'm just going to go off, um, I'm going to try to do first, first names, but the, the woman, her, her name is pretty difficult. Um, so I'm, I may just, I may just do, um, I may just say boyfriend and girlfriend, okay? All right. So the boyfriend's family gathered Ale- Alexander Ertula. I think that's how you pronounce it. His family gathered at Alumni Stadium on the Boston College campus early on the morning of May 20th to watch the 22-year-old college receive his degree in biology. Alexander was bright, gregarious, and socially conscious and plans to become a doctor. But in recent months, he had become despondent and withdrawn. Law enforcement officials briefed on the investigation said... Uh, said Tuesday. Still, this was a day to be optimistic. And Alexander's parents, immigrants from the Philippines who lived in New Jersey, waited along with thousands of other families for their son to join the other graduates in the procession. Alexander was not among them. Instead, he was four miles away on top of the Renaissance parking garage near Ruggles Station in Roxbury. At 8.37 a.m., according to his death certificate, he jumped to his death. His girlfriend... Okay, I'm going to spell it. I-N-Y-U-N-G. That's her first name. So I'm going to, I'm going to guess In Young, I think. But I don't know. But I'm going to say his girlfriend, a Boston College junior who allegedly used her phone to track Alexander to the parking garage, later told authorities she tried to stop him, according to two law enforcement officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity because the girlfriend has yet to be arraigned. But officials said the girlfriend's statements were undermined by thousands of texts exchanged that revealed a toxic and tumultuous 18-month relationship. The girlfriend is a native of South Korea who grew up in Washington State who has been indicted on involuntary manslaughter charges in Alexander's death, Suffolk uh, District Attorney Rachel Rollins said Monday. Um... Rollins said that the girlfriend who was now living in South Korea had complete control over Alexander, who had been struggling with depression and expressed suicidal thoughts in the months before his death. Alexander repeatedly told, um, the girlfriend repeatedly told Alexander to kill himself and said she, his family, and the world would be better off without him, Rollins said. At Boston College, students expressed shock and sadness over the allegations, particularly those who knew Alexander and his girlfriend, um, B, uh, Bin Lu, a junior, 
remembered, and I apologize, if I, I apologize if I butchered your name, remembered bonding quickly with Alexander over basketball when they met. Soon they were playing regular pickup games at the gym together. Uh, Lou, who was a pre-med student like Alexander, frequently sought advice from his friend who specialized in biochemistry. He really fits the model of being a leader and a mentor. He really encompasses the idea of wanting to look out for people that are going to come after, that are going to come after him. I'm going to skip some more. Um, but you know, let me, let me say this. You know, this is, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. You guys already know how I feel about suicide. You already know that ultimately the suicide lies at the feet of the individual who took their own life. Yes, you can be influenced. Yes, you can be, you, you know, words can be said to you. You know, there can be threats made to you. But ultimately, it is the person who does the action to end their life. Now, let me say this. Um, when you have people, when you're in a relationship, here's what, here's what you have to understand. When you're in a relationship, you need to, I should say this, before you get into a relationship, you need to look for red flags. You need to look for things, okay, you know, what can I put up with? What can I not put up with? Um, what red flags do they have? Um, and there are signs, you just have to pay attention. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to say this about Alexander. He decided to date this girl and he was, he was in a relationship with her for a year and a half. And he had plenty of time to remove himself from the situation. He did. I, 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 there, I said it. Now, is what she did okay? Absolutely not. It is horrible. It's horrendous. It's disgusting. It is sick. To say that, and I mean, so, there were, there were, you know, thousands of text messages that were, that were seen. And I mean, it was, I mean, it was just such a controlling relationship and he refused to leave. Which is on, which some, some of that falls on him. It does. I mean, I mean, it is just absolutely crazy to think about. So, uh, text messages, you know, they were found, uh, the couple averaged more than 1200 texts a day, a day that now that's a different article. What are you doing texting anyone that much? And let me say this. Most of the messages came from the girlfriend in young you. I think that's how you pronounce it. 1200 texts in a day or a day that like that that's that's what they averaged no the average person doesn't get that many notifications in a day that i mean that's 
astoundingly bad. This is this is this is sick. And you know, we talk about we talk about, you know, who should people say, okay, she's to blame. She's an influence, absolutely. She's a she's a tremendous influence on him. But it it's just I mean, just horrendous. I mean, if you if you see some of the text messages that she sent, it's like, dear God, you, you just here, here's what you have to understand. This is this is this was done. This was done by someone who mentally was unwell. Um. For for whatever the reason, whatever the reason, um, I don't know if this was just, I don't know if his mental state was only caused by his girlfriend or what, but, you know, this, this young man was very, very sick in the head. He needed, he needed help. He needed to get this out and he pretty much told the wrong person. I mean, he he probably told the worst possible person he could have, and it's a shame, because when you're going through, in in life, when you're going through a hard time, there are certain people that you that you would want to be able to turn to. One of those is your significant other. If you can't if you can't turn to them, if I mean when they when someone tells you. Let me, let me say this. Let me say this. In case in case you don't understand, in case you don't understand just something very simple. I'm going to say this. If you have someone in your life that tells you to kill yourself and that everything would be better if you were gone, and they consistently and persistently tell you that, that is not someone you want in your life. That is someone you run from. You don't talk to again. You stay away from them. And that is it. What she did is horrendous. I looked up some, some statistics on suicide. Um, and these are, these are mostly 2015 and 20, 2015 and 2017 stats, but they are, they are really amazing. Okay. So this is from, AFSP.org, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Okay, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. In 2017, 47,173 Americans died by suicide. In 2017, there was an estimated 1,400,000 suicide attempts. In 2015, suicide and self-injury cost the U.S. $69 billion dollars. Now here's now here's now here's something that you know you need to know. So men struggle with um well I well I should say this. Women think about women have more suicidal thoughts and actions, but men are more successful when it comes to uh to actual suicide attempts. Because what men do, men use violence for uh Men will use violence to commit suicide. So gunshot, knife, hanging, things like that. Um, 
women will use drugs and, you know, they'll try to overdose. And so you have that and that, you know, that's a huge issue. So in 2017, men died by suicide 3.54 times more often than women. And here's, here's something that's really interesting. So almost 70%, 69.67% of suicide deaths in 2017 were white males. That was amazing. I mean, I, I knew, I knew before I looked this stuff up, I knew that, you know, whites did it more often, but I mean, 70%, that is huge. I mean, what, what a discrepancy that is amongst other demographics. On average, there are 129 suicides per day. And as you guys already know, you know, firearms accounted for 50.57 of all suicide deaths in 2017. That's that's one thing people talk about with gun violence. They'll try to conflate those figures with, uh, you know, you know, people who get who get shot up in homicides and things like that. Most gun violence, and I'm I'm just this is all I'm going to say about gun violence. Most gun violence is related. Most most gun violence is related. I should say most gun deaths are suicide. That's 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 just that's just a fact. Okay. So it, you know, it's a mental problem. Now, here's something that's, you know, uh, pretty interesting. It's pretty interesting. But, um, the highest suicide rate, um, was 20.2 and it was among adults between 50, 45 and 54 years of age. Uh, the second highest rate was, uh, 20.1 and that was of those 85 years or older which is very interesting to me um but the you know the 40 between 45 and 54 years that kind of makes sense because that's usually when the midlife crisis hits in men because they're like okay I'm not young so I'm not I'm not that stallion that I used to be what am I now? Like, what, what am I? My body's not quite looking the same. I can't quite do the things that I used to do. And, you know, we're like, you know, and ladies, you know, mo- okay, so as you guys know, most of my audience um, is male. But ladies, let me tell you something about guys. We have fragile egos. We do. And if, you know, if something hits us where we're like, man, we don't know what to do. Or we feel like we get shut down. That really just. That really does something to us. It really does. But. Um, so. Um, whites. So suicide rates by ethnicity from 2017. Um, it's rising. It's rising among. the Well I should say this. The overall trend of suicide is rising. Okay, so whites, um, it's, uh, let's see, whites is 15.85, um, 15.85, and then American Indians and Alaska Natives is 13.42, and then for blacks, it's 6.61, and then Asian Pacific Islanders is 6.59. All right, so, you know, 
I'm going to say this, man. I just, I just, first of all, first of all, she's in South Korea. So it's, you know, there's a lot of logistical stuff that needs to be taken care of because as for the United States, we have to, we have to actually get custody of her, custody of her. And it's complicated because she, I think she was a transfer student. So we do have to deal with that. But I'm going to say this, man. When you, if I'm saying, I'm going to say this, if you are in a relationship and this person is not doing anything beneficial to you, is not, is not doing anything beneficial for you, a relationship is give and take. Okay. It's a relationship is like this. You come to the table. It's like, think of it as a table. You come to the table. You have. Pretty much you have you, you have your history, you have your assets, you have your liabilities, um, you have your personality, you have your skills. You pretty much set that on the table. Okay, and then the other person comes to the other side of the table and they put their stuff on the table. And you're like, okay, so this is what we're working with. So I have this, you have this. All right. How will we benefit from this relationship? How, how, first of all, the question is, how will I benefit personally? How will you benefit personally? And then collectively, how will we benefit? Are there going to be more pros and cons? And there, there are just certain, there are just certain signs that you should have that you just, you shouldn't do. And if you, if you find yourself in a relationship, it doesn't have to be a romantic romantic relationship. It can it could just be a friend, an acquaintance, um, a parent, a teacher. It could be anyone in your social circle where you need to know. Okay, is this relationship you know worth it? Is this worth investing into, or do I need to remove myself from the situation? In this case, you have to remove yourself from the situation because someone, if you are, if you are mentally struggling, you can't be in a relationship, especially with your significant other, your significant other. You can't be in a relationship with this person and say, you know, man, I'm just, I'm really struggling. You know, I'm having these, I'm having these thoughts. And sometimes I think about suicide. Sometimes I want to act out on it. And, you know, I just. I waver with that and, you know, I just, you know, and some, and you tell that information to someone and the person looks at you or, or replies, do it because things are just going to be better off without you. Don't be in that relationship. This may sound rough, but it's true. A lot of the fault lies at the feet of Alexander. You're in, you're in a relationship with this girl for 18 months. That is a long time to be with someone. I mean, you, you learn a lot about them. So, you know, that's, that's what you gotta do, man. You, you, you just can't do that to yourself. 
So I'm that that's really it for this. You know, just just take stock of your relationships. See where you are. What's benefit what's working? What's not working? If you have if you have someone in your life where you know they're you're benefiting, it's going well, they're lifting you up, they're helping you, you're you they are helping to improve you, that's a relationship you need to stay in. But if you have someone who's bringing you down and tearing you down all the time and it's controlling you, you need to get out of that relationship. I can't even imagine my phone getting 1,200 text messages a day from the same individual. That is horrible. Okay, so that's really that. I don't have too much else to say about that topic. Um, I know, I know it sounded rough, but it's true. You can't, you can't, you can't put this whole thing on the girlfriend. You can't do that because it's, that's not the case. She was a big influence, but ultimately he's the one that took his life and he failed to remove himself from the situation and he failed to get the help that he needed. Okay. Now, here we go. This is from NBCNews.com. Um, body camera footage shows San Bernardino officer fatally shoot man with hands in the air. Um, now, I'm going to say this, man. If you saw the video... This is, this is, this is, this is actually, this wasn't recent. This is a year old. The video was released yesterday. Um, but, I mean, my God, this is not a good look for law enforcement. And as you guys know, I, I, I love law enforcement. They are important. They are crucial. The sacrifices that they make. Man, it's, it's, it's just, it's just, I personally, I believe law enforcement should have a holiday. I, I believe they should, I believe there should be a national holiday specifically for law enforcement. If not first responders, there should be a national holiday, but that's just me. Okay. But this right here is not a good look. Ah, my God. I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about police shootings here and I'm gonna give some statistics. And, ah, my God. I just, I hate talking about this because what happens is negativity sense, negativity and negative images tend to stick in people's minds more than positive images. Negativity just sticks out like a sore thumb. So this right here, I mean, this is a really bad look. Now, I do have some criticisms on the guy they shot. I do. Okay. A San, um, here's the article. A San Bernardino, San Bernardino, California police officer is off the force more than a year after he fatally shot a man who was walking toward officers with his hands in the air after he obeyed commands to put down a gun he was holding. The San Bernardino Police Department released police body camera 
footage, audio of 911 calls, and information regarding the September 28, 2018 shooting that led to the death of Richard John, Richard John Sanchez. In the video released Friday, excuse me, yeah, it was released, uh, it was released Friday. Uh, acting Chief of Police Eric McBride said that Brandon Gaddy, the officer who fired the fatal shots, no longer works for the department following an internal investigation. McBride said the review determined Gaddy's decision making did not meet the standards held by our department or the community we serve. And discipline and disciplinary action has been initiated. But he did not say whether the officer had been fired or had resigned. The San Bernardino District Attorney's Office, which did not immediately respond to a request for comment, is now investigating the shooting to determine whether or not Gaddy's actions were lawful. Gaddy and another officer responded to a home in the Highlands neighborhood of San Bernardino after 10 p.m. September 28th. Remember, this is last year. This is not 2019. This is 2018. When a woman called 911 saying Sanchez was intoxicated and threatening family members, McBride said. She called back minutes later to report Sanchez was armed and she had escaped the home with children, but Sanchez was still threatening others in the home. Family members and witnesses described Sanchez as intoxicated and making irrational statements, such as he had everybody under his control because he was God. Now, I do know some crazy, I do know crazy people like this. When they get drunk or high or crossfaded, I do know people like this where they just make some statements where it's like, oh, wow, this person is gone mentally. Okay. The dispatcher quickly determined that there was a warrant out for Sanchez's arrest and informed the responding officers Sanchez had made terrorist threats during a domestic dispute while he was armed with a handgun months earlier, McBride said. So this is clearly a crazy person. He was a crazy person. Body camera video shows that when the officers arrived, the front door was open, which you can which you can see. And Sanchez was standing in the entryway holding a gun. Police order Sanchez to put the gun down, which he does not immediately. He does just hesitate. What he does, the officers say, put the gun down. Put the gun down. He understands them. He understands English. And he just, he's holding the gun and he just, he's still inside the house, mind you. He's still inside the house, just holding the gun, looking at the officers. It's like, mm. and he just stay, he just stands there like, kind of, kind of, okay, what are you really going to do? Or, you know, okay, do I want to, should I shoot him? He was just really thinking it through and he wasn't immediately obeying orders. He did eventually put the gun down. Okay. Um, so he places it, but after turning it around to face the officers, he places it, he places the gun on the arm of the couch. Then Sanchez, suddenly and without being told to do so, starts to walk towards the officers, McBride said, and the video shows. He takes eight steps as the officers put, order him to put his hands up. He does, but he also keeps walking toward them. Gaddy then shoots at Sanchez five times. Sanchez is, is seen falling to the ground on the front lawn. The officers call for medics, but Sanchez died. And by the way, um, I encourage you to watch the video so you can, so you can envision what I'm, what I'm describing here. But the shots were point blank. I mean, I mean, 
he wasn't going to miss. So it was like five shots, like direct hits. Okay. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, 20 feet away. No, it was, it was, it was feet away. It was maybe, I would, I would estimate five, six, seven feet away. I mean, it, it, you just weren't going to miss. Um, so it was, so it was five direct shots. Um, a Smith and Wesson 40 caliber handgun was recovered at the scene, according to police. The officer who was with Gaddy at the time shooting is still on the job, McBride said. Each encounter is unique and requires officers to make split second decisions without the benefit of 2020 hindsight, he added. However, despite the challenges faced by the officers, we want to reassure the community that we will not compromise our standards and will continually strive to provide the best possible service to all residents. Okay, so that's pretty much the end of the, the, end of the article. Now I'm going to, let me, let's talk, let's talk 2018 police shootings. Um, fatal police shootings. Okay. So this is from the Washington Post. They have, they have a, I highly, I highly recommend you guys use this. Um, um, but you can look up, you can look up fatal police shootings, Washington Post. And it has like these, this great graph, this great graphic that you can use. And it breaks it down in many different ways. It's a great database. I encourage you to use it. Um, Okay, so there were 992 people who were shot and killed by police in 2018. Okay, so now I'm going to go by gender. So 939 were male, 52 were female, one isn't known. Okay, race. Here's something interesting. White were 452, blacks 229 Hispanic 164 other 40 unknown 107 So let's just let's just do this. Let's just do this. Let's say the unknown are indeed all black. All right. So let me just let's do some quick math here. So 229 plus 107 Okay, so that's 336. So 452 minus 336 is uh, 116. So even if all of the unknown, even if all the unknown are indeed black, white, there are still more whites that were killed by police. People tend to think, and this is this is a big problem that I have with, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, people say, oh, you know, they shot him because they were black. That is stupid. That is very, very, very stupid. Statistically, it's stupid. Okay, that that like it's it's not true that police just shoot people because they're black. Police are actually actually more hesitant to shoot a black individual because it's like they think okay this isn't a good look this may look like a racial thing here they're so they are more hesitant to shoot a black suspect than a white suspect 2019 now obviously we're still in 2019 but you know here we go so so far and this this is this was updated on october 29th uh of this year 
there have been 753 people that have been shot and killed by police. Okay, gender. Uh, male, 715 to 36 females. Race, 220, black, 150, Hispanic, 123, other 26, unknown, 234. Okay, and here's what you have to understand. Most of these, most of these, um, most of these shootings involve weapons. Or the suspect has weapons. So, I'm going to say this. Law enforcement, I still love you, but this is just collectively not a good look. One, unfortunately, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And people will look at this and just be like, yep, see, they're racist. They just, they killed, uh, they killed a Mexican guy. But I, I gotta say this, man. When the police tell you to do something, don't do anything other than what they're telling you to do. Do what they say. It, and if you, if you feel that you've been disrespected, get a badge number, get the name, and then go about your business and then handle that, handle that part later. But at the moment, at that moment, do what they say. Cause let me tell you something. And here's what people think that, you know, cops are trigger happy. They just want to use their guns. And maybe you, maybe you could make a case for that. But let me tell you something. Cops put a lot on the line every single day. They go out and they don't know if they're ever going to see their wife or husband and children again or their family or their friends. They go out and they go into the line of duty to keep us safe and to keep order where we live, to help keep order where we live. The, they, they're not, they're, they're trying to have, they are trying to have their day be incident free. Obviously, and you know, they're going to have different things every single day. They deal with different types of people. You have, crackheads you have you know from crackheads to you know traffic tickets to um domestic disputes to um you know someone asking for directions they deal with so many things they're not trying to just be like you know what my goal is to kill someone today that's not their mentality it isn't it's absolutely it's absolutely disgusting when people just Pin that on them because it's not true. They do they do so much for us. So if you if you seriously have this idea that there are people out there, that there are cops out that most cops are just out there and that they're just waiting to use their gun, that's not true. I will say this just as in any occupation, you have bad apples, you have bad people. There are, there are some words, and you're not, you're never going to get rid of it when there are humans involved. You're going to have people who are just like, you know what? This very, very small major, the very, 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 very small minority is going to be like, okay, you know what? They're going to make a bad decision. And, and also keep that in mind. They have to make split second decisions. They do, and it, it's hard. I mean, I, I would just, I don't know if a study has been done. Maybe, maybe there has been. But I, I just, what I would want to see, 
is I would want to see a thousand people put through, you know, put through a challenge or just a situation, a simulation, I should say. And they are given um, a fake gun and they have it on them and you put them in a you put them in a situation it could be with you know real people or you know actors um well obviously actors and not you know just regular people that you would just whatever but you put them in a situation where you say okay what do you do put these people in a situation and let's see what happens let's see how many times they pull their gun let's just see how many times they pull their gun i would say most people pull their gun why because at the end of the day if you feel that there's a threat it can be it can be any kind of threat when you feel that there is a threat you react as if there's a threat it's just that simple you'll feel you'll feel something you'll be like up oh, yep no 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 back up back up and you may, you may just shoot you'll just be like you know what it's either it's and here's the thing we have that we have that you know that animal within us where we're like okay you know in the heat of battle and whatever it is at the end of the day it's it's you or me i'm going to choose me every single time so this is not a good this is this is temporarily not a good look on police um visibly i'm just going to say this I don't know all the the technicalities and the exact rules and regulations, but I'm just going to say this. Visibly, visibly, he made the wrong decision to shoot. Um that that's that's what I'm that's what I'm going to say. Okay, so take it how you take it how you like it. Um you guys know that I still love law enforcement. Um, they're amazing, and I'm de- I'm 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 I'm, I'm going to say this again. I sincerely believe that they that they should have a national holiday. I do believe police and first responders, from firefighters, paramedics, um, you know, all those people, they should have a holiday because they do so much all the time, and they don't really get thanked enough. They don't. I mean, they do, they do this stuff for a living. I don't, I don't I don't I don't know, but I would, in my lifetime, in my lifetime, I would like to see them get. I would like to see them get a uh, get get a national holiday. Hopefully, it happens. Okay. Uh, last thing. This is from the Western Journal. Um. Kamala Harris blames campaign struggles on America, suggests race and gender holding her back. This is by Bradley Evans. It was published October 29th of uh, this year. As California Senator Kamala Harris poll numbers continue to falter, the Democratic presidential candidate is getting is getting up a new explanation uh, for her flagging campaign. In an interview with Axios for on HBO posted on YouTube on Sunday, Harris questioned whether America is ready for a woman and a woman of color to be president of the United States. 
the senator called the issue of her electability the elephant in the room for her campaign. There is a lack of ability or difficulty in imagining someone that has, or imagining that someone who we have never seen can do a job that has been done 45 times by someone who is not that person, she said. I'm going to say this. Right there, she makes a point. Because when, if you, if there are, if there's a specific type of person that does something, you just naturally have a certain image in your head. Okay? So there she has a point. But, right here, Harris rejected the argument that America is necessarily ready for a black woman to be president after electing Barack Obama to, the, to office in, 28, in 2008 and again in 2012. America was, was ready for a black man to be president of the United States, Harris, Harris's interviewer interviewer pointed out. She replied by claiming that Obama faced a similar challenge. This conversation happened to him, happened for him, the senator said. Harris defended her assertion with the story of her time campaigning for Obama before the Iowa caucuses. She said she was asked a she was asked to visit a senior African American residential home in a last minute effort to secure more votes for Obama. Harris said she was greeted at the door by an elderly woman who told her they're not going to let him win. Obama, of course, not only won the Democratic primary, but the presidency as well. The California Democrat concluded her story with an implicit comparison to her own campaign. I say all of this to you. I'm aware of the challenges, she said. The reaction to her comments wasn't positive. Okay, so... Oh, this tweet, I, this tweet is beautiful. This tweet is beautiful. Okay, so here's what Axios tweeted. Discussing her campaign with Axios on HBO, Kamala Harris says electability is the elephant in the room, questioning whether America is ready for a woman and a woman of color to be president. And then someone replied, someone named Pat Cat replied, As a woman, I'm ready for a woman, but no, but not one that acts like a 16-year-old girl like Kamala. She's too immature and not particularly bright either. I agree. I don't think she's that smart. Um, okay. This guy, <laughs> Paul, hashtag, I stand with Ilhan again. Um, this, this, this I find to be interesting. We are ready, period. You, however, are not her. That I find to be comical. And then there's another guy, Eric, or maybe she's not a good candidate and people don't like her ideas and record. I know it's a wild theory. He's spot on. He is spot on. You know, people talk about this whole, people talk about this whole idea, you know, of intersectionality and they, see, here's, here's what intersect, intersectionality does. All it does, it takes away, it takes away blame. It, you know, it ta- I should say it takes away responsibility and it, you can just point the finger at something else that's, you know, out of your control. It's like, oh, you're gonna, you know, you're only doing this to me because I'm a woman and I'm black. So now I'm, now I'm doubly oppressed. But say you have, okay, a black woman who's lesbian. Okay, now, now you're three times oppressed. Oh yeah, there you go. And it just, it just go, it just grows from there and you just have these ridiculous, Claims like this. Now I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull up a poll right here. This is from 538.com. This is from this year. This is from this year. Okay. Uh, July 15th of 2019. Americans say they would vote for a woman, but 
Okay. Here we go. So, well, let me let me read the first paragraph before I continue. A record number of women are running for president in 2020, and now two women look like serious contenders for both the presidential nomination, Warren and Harris, both of whom rose in the polls after strong performances in the first Democratic debate. Now, I remember that debate. Um, Kamala came out firing at Joe, and that's where she started, you know, to you know catch some fire. In a good way, I should say. And it was like, oh, you know, she's aggressive. She's going for it. But what happened is Kamala, she see, she can attack. When she is on the receiving end, she's clueless. She's clueless. She, has, she doesn't know what to do. And it's a hard thing. That's why, you know, you always see her. She's always like, she kind of has that dog in her to go at someone. But, you know, the question is, the question is always, okay, you can dish it. Can you receive it? Because it's not, it's not just going to be one way, okay, atta- I attack, 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 attack. Something is going to come my direction. Okay, back to, back to the article. Joe Biden is still in the lead, but Warren and Harris may be starting to chip away at one of the central con- conceits of the 2020 race so far. Mind you, this was back in July when this, when this article came out. Okay, the idea that Biden has the best shot... Um, the idea that Biden has the best shot at defeating President Trump. Currently, currently, I gotta, I gotta say Sanders is gonna get the nomination. If I, if they were, I think if they were to have it today, I believe Sanders would get it. Because Biden's campaign is burning through cash. I really, it's all, I feel like he's not even trying to win. I don't know what he's doing. His strategy is very questionable. Um, Okay, but now, let now here we go. For months now, voters have told reporters that they want to elect a woman, but after Hillary Clinton's loss in 2016, they simply can't imagine a woman winning against Trump. And this calculus is often justified by beliefs about other people's sexism. Uh, and an Ipsos Daily Beast poll um, in June, for example, found that only 33% of Democrats and Independents said they believe that their neighbors would be comfortable with a female president. Um, but the performance of Warren and Harris in the first debate may have allowed some of those voters to envision a path to victory for these candidates for the first time. Okay, so here here we go. Here we go. Americans still say they will vote for a woman, but they are still influenced by stereotypes. These days, it's hard to find voters who openly admit that they're reluctant to support a woman for president. Only 13% of Americans believe that men are better suited for politics than women. Okay, so that's interesting. And and listen to this right here. And a Gallup poll conducted in May found that 94% of Americans say they would vote for a woman for president. Kamala, throw, throw out your intersectionality here. Just, just, just get rid of it. Kamala, people just don't like, people don't want you as president. See, it's always easier to, it's always easier to blame other stuff. I mean, she's, she's just, people just don't like your ideas. It's just, it's just that simple, man. That's what it comes down to. That's, that's ultimately what it comes down to. People are, 
people, when they vote, and remember, most people are moderates. And so people are thinking, okay, first of all, who is going to affect me? Who Whose policies are going to affect me the most? Because politics are personal. People always want to see, okay, number one, how will this affect me? Okay, that's natural. Okay, and if your if your ideas, if people don't like your ideas because they feel like okay you're you're gonna affect me negatively, um, the work I do you're gonna affect that negatively, um, what I believe you go against. Kamala, it's very simple. People just don't want you. People people don't want you to be in the Oval Office. That's that is just that simple. Stop blaming yourself being black. Stop blaming it on being a woman. Now, I will say... Now, I have said this before on my podcast. I can't remember what episode it was, but I'm going to say this. If you want to... Here's my thing. Between a man and a woman, I will say this. I would prefer... Well, let me say this overall. Overall, I want the best person to do the job. That's what I want. I want competence. I want someone who I believe can do the best job. That's ultimately what I care about. I don't care about your, I don't care about your, your, your race. I don't care about that. When it comes to gender, and if you take a man and a woman, if you take a man and a woman, and I'm like, okay, if everything is the same between the man and the woman, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to choose the man. Why? Because in the political world, it is a fight. And most people in politics are men. So men are just, in the world of politics, men are just more respected. So if you have a woman at the at the top, and you say, okay, you know, represent us, you're going to go to other nations, and then the other guys will be like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's her, yeah. Not saying, not saying that they're sexist, but they're just like, this, this is a sector that is dominated by men, because men are just, men are just more rational than women. There, I said it. You may not like what I just said, but men are just more rational than women. Men tend to think things through more. Men are problem solvers. We look at things, we see a situation, we're like, okay, how do we fix it? What's the solution? Women tend to talk about their feelings more. Which is, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. But when it comes to politics, feelings isn't it. It's, okay, there's a problem, how do we fix it? That's what matters. Oh, I feel this way. Oh, you know, you know, you have these long, drawn-out talks. Women just tend to talk more, and men and men are like, no, we don't speak nearly as many words as women, and we're just like, okay, how do how do we fix it? Ultimately, that's what we care about. We're we're problem solvers by nature. So, you know, she's cool. You know, good good for Kamala. You know, I don't know what her, I don't know what her political career holds, but I'm going to say this, man. Look, 
let me say this. When you want to run for office, find out what people care about. Find out what is important to them. You know, find out what most people believe. And, you know, if you, if you are just trying to get in, go with that. Don't go on these garbage ideas of, oh, you know, open borders. Because people don't want that. There is no country ever, there is no country ever that has just wanted open borders. That is a stupid, that, that, that is just a stupid idea. Okay, you know, Medicare for all. No, we don't want that. We don't like that. We think that's a bad idea. We, we, we just, we just, just, just stop with the intersectionality, man. And, you know, have good ideas, you know, have good politics, present yourself out there, you know, be able to go on the attack, on the defense, be honest with the voter. Or even if not that, just make it feel like you're honest to the voter. Because here's the thing. I noticed that when Trump talks, you feel, you, when you, when he talks, you feel like he's telling you the truth. Because he just, he pretty much just says whatever, and whatever he says, or whatever he thinks, he's gonna throw it out there. So you just feel, it feels genuine when he talks. You may not like what he says, but it's like, okay, you know what? I, I know what you're trying to do. I know what you, I know what you want to do. But when you, you know, you're back and forth and you flip flop and you, you know, you're like, well, you know, if you ask a question, okay, if, if it's like this, here's, here's a problem that most candidates have. Um, at the, at the recent, at the recent debate, there was a question, okay, will you, will your plan raise taxes? And, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren was like, well, you know, uh, you know, as a, as a candidate, I believe that's not what people want. People just want to know yes or no. What's going to happen? Don't put me, don't put me on this, on this rocking ship. Where, where I'm uncertain what's going to happen. It's like, okay, put me on a steady ship. And so at least let me know where we're going. People don't like uncertainty. People don't like it. People want, people want, they would rather know. They would rather know and brace for the bad than just be unsure and just whatever happens, happens. They don't want that. People want to know if you want to win. Be honest, be upfront, find out what people care about. Man, I just, I'm just, I'm just so sick of this. Personally, Kamala, I'll, I'll give this to Kamala and then I'm, and then I'm done. Kamala has made it farther than I thought she would. I thought she would have dropped out by now. Personally, personally, today is the 30th, okay? Do I think she can make it into 2020? January 1, 2020. Do I think she'll make it in? No. I don't. Because people people just aren't supporting her. At some point, you have to look at it this way. You know, you just have to look at the numbers and you're like, you know what? It's not looking good. We're, we're not going to win this. People simply don't want me. Because in politics, it's very easy. It's very easy. Those, those who are desired, those who have a chance, quickly separate themselves. Kamala looked good in the beginning, and then she fell. 
Here's the thing. Once you fall, once you noticeably fall, you're done. You're out. Just bow out and be done. But what a lot of politicians do, and I, I know I said I would be done, but I'm not, obviously. What a, lot of, what a lot of politicians do is they look at something they're like, okay, well, you know what? I'm out of the, I'm pretty much out of the election. I have no chance of winning this. But let me campaign so I can just get this cash and run. Politicians do do that. And I, I personally, I believe that's what Kamala's doing. She knows she's done. She knows people aren't interested. And that's that. So I, I, that, that, that's really it. That's really it. But, you know, don't stop blaming stuff on being, stop, stop blaming your failures on you being, on people discriminating against a black woman. That, that, that's garbage. Stop blaming other people for your problems. If you want to, if you want to succeed in life, you have to take ownership of your successes and your failures. That's how it works. See, it's amazing. It's amazing. You know, poli- you know, not just politicians, but people, and I said this in my, in my op-ed on reparations, something that my dad told me one time in my childhood. It was probably the most profound thing he's ever told me. Ever. You know, and pretty much, I don't have the exact quote, but it's, okay, people, when they, people, when they, they take pride and they take credit for their own successes but when it comes to their failures it's always some other it's always some other source it's always someone else's problem it's always something else with Kamala here it's like oh you know it's these people who you know they just they don't want a woman they don't want someone who's black and they definitely don't want a black woman so that's why I'm failing take responsibility for your life see what happens